Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. The subscription economy is growing with the market size as of 2020 estimated to have been about 650 billion, according to Statista, and projected to be over 1.5 trillion by 2025. It's a lot of subscriptions. For those listening, you've undoubtedly seen this as a consumer and as a marketer. If your brand hasn't already converted some of its resources towards embracing the subscription economy, many of you may either be growing a subscription program or your brand may be considering a foray into subscriptions. Today, we're going to talk about launching, scaling, and innovating subscription programs. And to help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Matthew Holman, head of growth and co-founder of qpilot.cloud. Matthew, welcome to the show. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Let's uh, get started by you giving a little background on yourself and what you're currently doing at uh, qpilot.cloud. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I was a designer for a long time. Um, I'm a bit of an information technologist. I mean, that's what my degree's in. And then, but I, I love e-commerce just because it's it's kind of this great intersection of both marketing and technology. So I think it's at the forefront of a, just a lot of innovation and customer experience and affecting how we buy. So I've done a lot of work in the logistics side of things. And then, you know, I joined QPilot as a co-founder a little over two years ago. And we're, we're pretty excited because we're launching new integrations and expanding our market. And we do a ton with um, content and education. I have a newsletter called Subscription Prescription. So I'm all about trying to help people figure out subscriptions. It's, That's great. It may sound weird, but it is fun for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. Well, yeah, let's let's dive in then and, and talk about start by talking about launching a subscription model because I think a lot of a lot of those brands that haven't done it already, they're certainly looking into it, if not already have planning it. So, how should a brand think about um, settling on a good let's let's say minimum viable product for a subscription model? You know, some some way to get started. Yeah, well, you hit the nail on the head. So one of the biggest mistakes I see a lot of brands making is they're overcomplicating things, right? They're trying to build that Tesla when they've barely got a skateboard working for them, right? Yeah. So <laughs> the idea with an MVP is just trying to make it as, as easy as possible to subscribe to a product or a service initially. And so and keeping it somewhat basic, but with a very clear value offering. So that people understand this is what you're getting when you subscribe. This is you know the value, the offer included in that. Here's a little bit of a discount because it usually that's part of that transaction, right? The company's getting predictable revenue. The uh, customer gets a discount exchange for that. But the biggest thing is collecting data. So whether using post-purchase upsells, cancellation surveys, but also actually talking to customers, whether that's through email or even through phone calls, trying to figure out what people really 
want and are expecting from the subscription because that's what gives you the information you need to start iterating, right? So, you know, for example, you might be doing a a health supplement service, but you're going to, you're like next gen diet program and it can be really, really sophisticated in what people get on a given monthly basis. That sounds really cool, but until you know that people are at least willing to buy your stuff on repeat, it's it's hard to bridge that gap between a really, really innovative purchase experience and subscription experience with just making sure that people are buying and that you understand what they want out of it. Yeah, yeah. So along those lines, what does success look like for a new subscription program knowing that you want to start iterative you want to do something like an mvp you know what is how should how should brands be thinking about success yeah i think the biggest thing is it's it's pretty rare when you just start it and it it unlocks and you just start blowing up um yeah that is that can happen like in any business but it's you know very very remote i think I think success would be understanding more about what the consumer wants and then understanding any friction points that exist in the current program. So for example, the thing that's kind of scary is if you have a really, really high churn in the first month, like if you're at 50, 60, 70% churn, that can feel like a failure because you can't get people really to get past that first month on the subscription. And and that usually reflects a problem with your offer. You're either offering it to the wrong audience or it's not enough value that people are sticking around. What success to me would be like, I'm getting people to month three or four. And when they cancel, they're telling me a couple of really key reasons. And I spend time researching with them what that means. And now I have a plan to kind of go after that. And, and as an example to that, a pet food brand that uses our, our, our system iHeartDogs, they ran a subscription program, kind of like a baseline almost for two years while they were working on other parts of the business. And they were collecting reasons for churn though. They sell pet food. And the number one reason is they had too much product, which is a really common thing in subscriptions. But the reason they had too much product was they didn't know how much to order initially because dogs come in different sizes. Mm. So they went back and they redid the product page to make it really easy for people to self-select based on their dog size and it would show them how much they should order. And their conversions went up like 30% on the product page and their retention went up like 40%. So that idea is you once you start to know what's working and what's not, you can go fix it. Yeah, yeah. So for those brands that already have a subscription model in place, so moving, moving to that, let's talk a little bit about scaling that. So, right. you know, they've, they've gotten some initial learnings, like, like the example you just you just mentioned what are some of the common challenges that you see that brands need to keep in mind as they try to scale yeah i think it's it's really hard when you're in the middle between you're doing okay you know like i mentioned if you have really really high churn that first month it's almost like you kind of have to scrap and start over it, it's different yeah. when you're at 20 to 30 percent so you're you're getting some people that really like it and stick around but you're not quite like really dialed in and so that can be really difficult. And then if there's, there's often technical challenges related to managing like the long-term program, like say you want to auto send gifts or discounts, subscription software is still kind of like trying to keep up with some of the innovation around customer experience. There are some really cool stuff happening, but so that's another thing is technical limitations. You know, the, the cost of implementing what you would like it to be are another one. And, and then ultimately there's issues related to scale sometimes because if you've if you've specialized as as a niche customer segment which i think is the best way to start 
you can sometimes maybe you're reaching some saturation or you need to add other acquisition channels, which, you know, anytime you do, do that, it can affect your retention outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, as, as the brand scaling and certainly thinking about boosting retention, how do you also think about profitability while, you know, cause it's, it's great to retain, but if you're losing money on your subscriptions, right. then, you know, you've, you've got issues. So how do you, how do you balance retention and profitability as you're, as you're still growing and, and learning, I would imagine. Yeah, it really, it really needs to start with acquisition. So, you know, I tell a lot of brands, if you can't afford to have somebody cancel the first month, so like that high, that high churn issue, yeah. if you can't afford that, then there is a problem with the offer because you need to be at least close to break even. If you're like losing a lot of money, if somebody doesn't make it to month three, th there's a problem with the profitability of and what how you're pricing the product. So that's actually comes down to like the initial offer and acquisition, the customers you're going to. So sometimes that means you need to actually up the price you're charging and and get less sales so that you can maintain some profitability. So that that's part of it. The the other part is if you're starting to understand more of of customer buying behaviors and reasons why, like their expectations. You know, for example, if you're selling supplements to help people sleep better, and so it's you know it might be obvious that people want better sleep, but you start to uncover a lot of the people buying it are single moms, for example. So yeah. single moms are having issue with sleep because they're stressed because they're doing too many things. All right. Can I, what can I add to my product line? What can I use as an upsell opportunity now in this group that I understand better? So for me, I think the, the greatest opportunity with profit on subscriptions is not necessarily the fact that you have somebody around for six months or nine months and you can boost LTV that way. It's that you have an opportunity for greater engagement with an audience that likes your brand and your product mm. and that you can learn from them what else they want help with. So in that instance, you know, it might be, uh, you could start selling like a calming tea that somebody can take before they get ready for bed, right? Yeah. So they can take their sleep supplement to help them sleep and you're selling a calming tea. And so that's that's where I think real profitability is because now you can add up just, it's really just straight profit because you've already paid the acquisition cost to get that customer. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating, and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners, or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts. We've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and in industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. You know, there's so much focus on a lot of the brands that I work with as as a consultant. There's so much focus on now building first party data, you know, related. But, you know, whole other tangent here is, you know, third party cookies going away and mobile device ID tracking and all of that stuff. You know, brands are, are so focused now on how do we build an audience 
of our own and not rely as much on third-party data and third-party marketing and, and all those kinds of things. I mean, subscription model seems like a very natural way of doing that, but you know, you bring up a great point of it's doing this. Yes. It also accomplishes that, but it also, it's your own focus group or whatever you want to call it. Right. It's, it's your way to, to expand offerings with, with, with a group of people that you know are interested in at least your base offering. Right. Yep. Yeah. I think the, where, where I see the real opportunity, this sweet spot with subscriptions is that it's that you're both your, 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 the value offer is also part of what you're using to like get your hooks into people to, if that's not too bad of, of an analogy, but the, the uh, we're, is, we're talking with marketers. It's fine. Yeah. So, so for example, a, a great example, and I have several of these is, 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 you know, the popularity of surveys and quizzes as a lead generation tool, right? So, so take the sleep problem, for example. I'm scrolling on on Facebook or, or Twitter and I see an ad like, you know, having trouble sleeping, take this two minute survey to see if you could find better sleep, right? So I take that two minute survey and I'm giving them first party data on me, what my what I care about, how it's affecting me, what I want, my those types of things. And, and then now they can make a product recommendation. Oh, you should be trying this or you should be trying that, right? And so now that's both an acquisition tool and it's and it's a way of acquiring data. And community is the same thing. It's like, if I'm creating this awesome community of people that like these products, whether that's a Facebook group, whether that's, you know, events or activities or content, there's ways that I can scale those things really, really cheaply. And so I can offer them from a very profitable standpoint, but they're also like retention things, right? Like people see that stuff as offering value, but you're using that to create community and stickiness related to the product and the brand. So I think that if you start thinking about it more like, how can I get in there with them? How can I engage more with them? Some of the, you know, there's a company here locally in Utah, uh, a woman's supplement company that they do called Mixers. They do some great stuff for helping women with uh, managing period cramps, helping with libido, stomach issues, things like that. And they've just launched an app, right? So that she can track these things in the app. Now, the great thing is, is the customer gets this product where they can track how their pain from their period is affecting them in the app. And then Mixers is getting data on their users on anybody that uses the app is obviously going to be more profitable and more engaged, and they're going to be they're going to be able to sell to you better. So but as I said, as you mentioned, the MVP, you don't launch the app right away, right? Like that's part of the roadmap as you start to learn more about what people like, but I think you can come up with tools that will offer greater value, but also give you the ability to make more profit. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh talk a little bit now about the future of subscriptions as i as i said before and and you've uh, you've been saying this is there's a lot of brands that if they haven't done it already they're considering this and this is everything from smaller companies all the way up to the 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 fortune 500s 100s right. of of the world and you know so we've been living in this some people call it subscription economy for a while. And and certainly we're all used to this as consumers and, you know, we're adapting to this in our, in our lifestyles. How do you think the consumer expectations are changing the way that subscriptions are being either rolled out initially or just kind of modified to adapt? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what's, what's really fascinating. And one of the things that happened with COVID was that people became a lot more comfortable having food delivered to their home. And I don't just mean like Uber Eats, I mean like groceries, 
and right, things. Right. Um, people are becoming more comfortable with del- with local delivery. So, and I think that's a really powerful option for subscriptions because instead of you thinking like, oh, I need five tomatoes every week, it's you know I need five tomatoes this week, but I want you know I want two and some cucumbers this next week because of a different recipe I'm doing. Yeah. And so where the innovation is happening is this, this ability to have an engaged relationship where you don't necessarily need to like go shop somewhere. You're getting a text saying, hey, it's time to edit your order for this week. Or if you want to get your order sooner, you can just log in and say, hey, deliver this today instead of two days from now. And so it's really just I think the future of subscriptions is about this idea. The way we say it at QPOD is like you, you want to keep people from shopping. So you you have an engaged relationship with them where if they need anything, you're using either BI tools to understand better the like needs or behaviors of your audience. And so you can offer them like, hey, typically people that are using this product at this age, this size, they actually use it faster than average. You're not saying that to the customer, but you know that. So right. you're sending a prompt sooner than you would maybe somebody else. And so I think what we're going to see more and more of isn't necessarily like this world of complete automation, like IOT, like, you know, the idea of like, you know, your smart fridge is going to auto order its filter, right? It's more like your smart fridge is going to text you and say, Hey, it's time to replace your filter. Do you want to do that now? And you hit yes or no. And I think subscriptions will be the same thing. It's like, Hey, your it's already happening with some just basic text prompts. You know, your order is coming up. Do you want to make a change? Yes or no. And you can do it right from the text prompt. So that's where I think the, the the future will be. And it's pretty exciting just because I think it'll continue to innovate and be personalized, which is what drives really, really great value for businesses because the consumer yeah. is getting what they really want, each consumer. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of touched on this, but are, are there innovators in the industry that others should be paying attention to? You know, is there anything specific they're they're doing kind of related to to what we were just talking about? Um, I, I do think some of the really big meal companies, you know, like the, the Daily Harvest of the world are doing a lot related to that because they're getting better and better at understanding what people like or want from the meals. You know, I saw recently, well, somebody was telling me that they now have a, they mentioned on the subscription, there's a, there's a chef creating new recipes every week. Yeah. And, and I would assume that's because it's in response to information of people telling them they get, feel like the recipes get a little stale. And the way that you can manage that and have those delivered and change your box size and what you're getting and make it really just unique to you, I think is um, a great opportunity there. You know, we're doing some interesting things with QPilot where we make it really easy to personalize or customize frequencies and things so that people can get stuff on the on the schedule that they want. But also we track change data. So for us, we like to really see how customers are changing. So what that means is you know, say for a supplement company, you know, you might have a lot of different people with different workout goals, all using, you know, the same, say five core products. And some people are going to use them faster than others or slower than others. Some people are going to have different workout goals, whether that's, you know, losing weight or putting on muscle. And the idea, the opportunity there is knowing more and more about what people are doing within the subscription program means that you can have a better understanding of what you can sell to them. It can be personalized to them. So now my protein powder comes on every two and a half weeks instead of every four or comes every five or every six. If I start slowing down on using it, you know, maybe my goals have changed and they're going to ask me that so that they can offer me a different product, right? I'm no longer in my my weight cutting phase and now I'm going to try to add more muscle, um, for example. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, to 
give a little more detail. I know you shared a little bit at the at the very beginning, but you know who who is a good customer for QPilot, and what's your how does how does someone work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So we have um, integrations with uh, WooCommerce and Shopify, and we're rolling out a Salesforce Commerce Cloud integration um, later this year. So for us, we we work really well with uh, physical good companies. We do really well with programmatic subscriptions, meaning you having subscriptions that change, like you're offering different products or things are changing from month to month. Mm-hmm. We also do really well with people that have shipping constraints. So um, we do a lot around local delivery, local pickup. And being able to say ship something internationally, that kind of thing, all within the subscription order. Um, but yeah, we work with a lot of CBD companies, pet food companies, you know, your typical or classic subscription opportunities. But for us, the future is again, we're we're getting into the the IoT sp- space, and um, we do a lot with B two B as well. We just think that if if a subscription is really really flexible, that you can change it at the last minute, that unlocks some really interesting opportunities, even for like wholesale purchases. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Matthew, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, one last question before we wrap up here. What's a piece of advice? I, I know you've given a lot of great advice already, but you know, what's what's one piece of advice you would have for brands that, uh, let's say they're, they're just getting started in the area of subscriptions and they need some help as they navigate the months ahead? Yeah, I would say there's there's always something to be said for going a little bit deeper. Um, the idea of asking why more and more. Again, a really common problem in subscriptions is people cancel because they have quote unquote too much product. And so get into that why. And, and sometimes for some brands, it's because they aren't using the product and maybe they're not using the product because they don't necessarily believe it, or it takes time to create a new habit. So sometimes it's not about offering a discount to incentivize somebody to stick on the program longer. It's actually about understanding what's keeping them from, from doing it. And sometimes that's UGC or content or other things, but I would just say go a little bit deeper and understand why. And I think it'll you'll it'll unlock ideas for you on how to make the program better. Great, great. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Matthew Holman, head of growth and co-founder of QPilot for joining the show. You can learn more about Matthew and QPilot by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkillstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.